NL Newsday with Jeff Andreas. Thanks for tuning in to NL Newsday. It's uh, 3.35 here on this Wednesday, July the 21st. Now, yesterday we got the news from the province. Yes, the province-wide state of emergency has been declared, and it came into effect as of midnight last night. It came after a number of days, over a week, of, of a lot of people saying that one needed to be called, and those calls were finally heated. And the guy who made the announcement, Solicitor General and Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth, joins me now on the line. Minister Farnworth, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. Well, uh, let's uh, get into a little bit of what this state of emergency actually means. Uh, I wanted to start, I know you touched on it a bunch during your your news conference yesterday and sort of what this does change in terms of the powers that you now have in your office to be able to, you know, commandeer equipment. Um, there, I know there's a little bit of an impact on access to private land, but you have noted many a time it's it doesn't really change a whole heck of a lot in that respect. So what does a state of emergency, just for those listening who, who are trying to really grasp what the change is, what does this truly do for your office? What it does is it does give the minister extraordinary powers uh, to be able to, as you said, to commandeer equipment, um, you know, whether it's aircraft or whether it's uh, trucks or bulldozers or something like that. It could even be, you know, it could technically commandeer your house and use it as an evacuation center. Now, obviously, that's, uh, that's you know, very far-fetched, but that's the kind of power it does have. It, it allows you to do uh, just about literally anything, um, you know, uh, travel restrictions, um, uh, all of those sorts of uh, all of those sorts of things. Um, but the reality is this: uh, we are have had incredible cooperation from uh, local government, uh, from the private sector, uh, in terms of getting the kind of equipment that we need, uh, in getting uh, you know the, the cooperation in terms of setting up uh, evacuation centers uh, that are in place. Where it will where it will change is it allows in the case of um, let's say a sudden um, uh, uptake in terms of fires related to aggressive uh, aggressive winds uh, that we know are coming through and dry lightning if that requires a sudden evacuation it would allow us if we have to to be able to get uh, facilities to be able to uh, to have people evacuate to that's uh, in my view the, the critical part of, of the uh, of the decision yesterday along with the ability to very quickly put in place for example uh, travel restrictions uh, but in terms of you know does it um, automatically mean that uh, does it bring in place additional firefighters on the ground? No, it doesn't do that. Those uh, things are already in place. Um, one, one thing I think that is really one of the key issues I'm, I'm following along right now is just space for evacuees. And you talked about there the ability to, to kind of move a bit more quicker and setting up some mass evacuation centers if necessary. But I imagine you're, you're having a lot of talks with local government, uh, you know, that have been ongoing for some time about what to do if we do see another uh, massive fire that, that forces, you know, hundreds or thousands of people from their homes. Uh, where are we at? Because right now in Kamloops, hotel space is very, very limited with evacuees already staying here. We do have some tourists around as well. Uh, we have a, a center set up at MacArthur Island here, but that has been full for quite some time. Uh, just do you have any concern about the ability to, to place people in some type of housing if something were to arise? And just how are those discussions going to plan ahead? There are 13 uh, uh, evacuation emergency uh, operation centers in the province. 
Um, obviously, we, we do know that uh, Kamloops is very tight in terms of, of accommodation for a variety of reasons, uh, but we also have space in many other places at the current time. And I just want to put something in context. Um, so in 2017, on the 14th of July, there were 16,000 people uh, evacuated uh, in, in the province of British Columbia. Uh, 5,000 of them were being, were being housed in, in Prince George. Uh, on the 14th of July this year, um, there were around, I think, probably about 3,500 people evacuated in the province. And in the case of Prince George, for example, there are only 130. So in many communities, there is a lot of space. But what we do know is, is that, you know, in the Kamloops area, it is very tight. Um, what we want to make sure, though, is that uh, the weather alert, in uh, particular with high winds uh, and the dry lightning and the ability to really, you know, with new fires to take off and the pressure that puts on what is already uh, significant fire season is that we have the ability to move very quickly if there is a significant evacuation uh, that needs to take place and that we can get uh, the, the, uh, the, the facilities that we need to be able to house people. And that's what uh, that's what's so critical right now. Mm-hmm. So that would be in other parts of the province, uh, not just, for example, the, the, the central uh, the central interior yeah. and the Kamloops uh, region. Uh, one one thing when when Premier Horgan uh, had his media availability around eleven o'clock this morning, there was a lot of talk about about tourism and 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 people traveling to places like the Okanagan, like the the Shuswap, like the central interior here in the Kamloops area. Should people be kind of discouraged from coming to visit this area right now, or do you have any thoughts on on people who are looking at you know maybe they're in the mainland and trying to take a vacation, something they haven't really had great opportunities to do for the last year and a half and Really, this fire situation might be, hopefully, you know, having them second guess a little bit. But should we be discouraging people from coming up here right now? We're working closely with the uh, the tourism industry because we know that they have been through uh, through a hard time, and I think most people are going to exercise common sense, and that's what we want them to do: is to look, is to they can go to uh, the uh, BC government websites that uh, you know that outline where the fires are. There's apps you can download, and just and to be aware of where the uh, the uh, uh, evacuation alerts are, the evacuation orders are, and recognize that communities you know that are that are are dealing with uh, having to deal with the evacuees and having to deal with significant fires and where there are smoke uh, uh, problems, you know, I, I think people, they're not going to go there. They're going to look for where, where, where they can go and they know that things are going to be fine. And we've seen that already uh, in terms of uh, and, and reports from people going, they're watching what's going on. They, they, they know that now is not the time, you know, to travel to an area that's under evacuation or, or where wildfires raging. But at the same time, they also know that, you know, um, there are lots of places where, hey, that have not been impacted by fire uh, and that they're not impacted by, by smoke. And a lot of it just comes down to doing a bit of homework, checking on websites and uh, being able to make a common sense decision. Uh, one thing I know, the, the Thompson-Nicola Regional District, when they put a letter into your office asking for a state of emergency be declared, one of the other pieces that was in there was uh, a ban on backcountry usage. I know this isn't something that I think we want to see happen across the board. It's more for, for where there is an extreme fire risk, just to make sure people aren't out there, they're not contributing to any fire activity. But, you know, you, you haven't gone ahead and done anything like this. I just wanted to get your thoughts on why that might not be a, a best thing to do at this point in time. Well, there's different conditions in different parts of the province. Uh, and one of the things that is taking place is, is, is in the fire areas, there are uh, backcountry uh, uh, bans in place. There are, you know, restrictions on people being able to enter 
um, uh, areas that are, are being affected by fire. So, for example, we had a request in the Lillooet area uh, that was been put in place uh, uh, in other parts of the TNRD. Again, uh, there is uh, there are restrictions in place, but there's other parts of the province uh, that have had uh, that have had uh, uh, rain and their campfire mm-hmm. bans. And they have been asking us to lift the campfire bans. So it's it's done very much in consultation with fire services, the BC Wildfire Service. They know what's going on in the different areas, and restrictions are put in place um, needed. And uh, they are they are there for a reason, and they are uh, you know and we expect people to abide by them. And if they don't, they can face uh, they can face fines and stiff penalties. Last thing here for you, Minister. Um, you, you, you mentioned off the top, this isn't going to have a state of emergency being declared, a significant impact on the ability to get boots on the ground. But part of your, your message yesterday was talking about how we have been receiving help from other provinces. And at the end of this week, we're going to be seeing an additional 100 firefighters making their way here from Mexico. Just how, how big of an impact is having these additional resources on hand going to be to the ability to fight fires, especially since I know BC Wildfire Service has talked quite a bit about how um, exhausted some of those frontline personnel are starting to feel every fire season uh we work through the inter the central interagency fire center which is based in winnipeg uh, to be able to bring into the province resources uh, from outside british columbia and that's where that's coordinated and that's done regardless of state of emergency or anything that's how that's done and that's been in place since right at the beginning of the, uh, the, the start of the fire season um we have uh, uh other province firefighters from ontario from quebec and new brunswick right now i think it's about 135 uh and then uh in terms of our international uh firefighters again they have uh they've uh, the work has been on that, uh, ongoing for quite some time. Obviously, COVID protocols are important. Uh, so when those uh, Mexican firefighters hit the, uh, come on, on the 24th uh, on Saturday, they'll be able to hit the ground and, uh, and they'll be in, in, in five teams of 20 uh, to where they're needed. And uh, we've, we've been here before, so they know what to expect, and they're extremely, extremely capable. Uh, at the same time, um, you know, uh, we want, uh, uh, if we can get some firefighters from Australia, they have some uh, real COVID, uh, COVID issues they're dealing with in terms of when you leave and the country, can you get back in? And, uh, so that's not been, that's just still ongoing discussions, and they have been going on for a little while now. The other uh, thing that's happening is, is the federal government. Uh, um, we had the request for assistance that brought uh, aircraft in to assist in terms of moving people around. At the same time, they're also going to be, they're deploying 350 uh, Canadian uh, military personnel who will assist with mopping up operations on fires that are starting to be brought under control or where there's breaks uh, and then dealing with, with, with those with those hotspots. Uh, and so that will be a, a significant help to uh, the province. Again, that's something that's just been in, been, uh, uh, because of the collaboration that we have with the federal government, which has been uh, very strong. Minister Farnworth, really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining me here on uh, NL News Day this afternoon. And I uh, just want to say thank you for, for the declaration made yesterday on behalf of a lot of groups and organizations out here who were really waiting for you to make that call. And I know there, there's a lot of relief that that call was made yesterday. So I really appreciate your time and, and thank you so much. My pleasure. Awesome. That is Mike Farnworth right there, B.C. Solicitor General, Minister of Public Safety, speaking to that state of emergency that was declared officially across the province yesterday in relation to the wildfires uh, situation in this province. And again, that went into effect as of midnight last night.
So today is, I guess, day one of being in a state of emergency after, what did we have, I think, three weeks that we were not in a state of emergency. We just lifted one as a result of COVID-19, and now here we are in another one. And I think that was a little bit of the reluctance as well from a tourism point of view was just to come right out of one state of emergency and get back into another for a completely different reason. And I know a lot of people are just really happy that that declaration was finally made. And, and I think happy is not the right word. They're just satisfied uh, that, that their calls were being listened to and that the actions they requested were finally taken. So I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. I really appreciated Minister Farnworth being available here today um, and answering a few questions. And I'm not going to get into the whole looking back on, on how long it took to call the state of emergency. You know, it was frustrating in the moment, but you know what one is called now? Let's work with it. Let's move forward. And uh, hopefully we, we can get this fire situation under control in a more rapid fashion as a result of having the more extra tools in place that the state of emergency provides and also the ability to bring on more resources, not because of a state of emergency, but just because of timing working out now at this point in time. More firefighters from out of province, more firefighters from out of country, 100 from Mexico are going to make their way here by this Saturday and are going to be ready to be deployed. They've been here before. They've done this work. They know what's going on. They're ready to hit the ground running and help our uh, local BC wildfires, firefighters that are currently on the ground uh, doing everything they can to keep our forests, our homes, our communities safe. Can't appreciate the work that they do enough. So thank you to all of them uh, for all the work that they've been doing and, and continuing to fight these fires. And, and despite the, the fatigue and the exhaustion they might be feeling, they're not quitting. They're continuing to work. And we all definitely appreciate it.